You're listening to the Black Box Music Podcast with Brian and Nick, where we're talking to artists about what it's like to get your music heard in the ever-changing music industry, uh, how it is to use tools like social media and other platforms as an independent artist in a changing music business. Today we sit down with acclaimed guitarist and songwriter Dave Kooning of The Killers. Dave talks to us about his early beginnings in Pella, Iowa, with dreams of being in a band writing and recording solo material as an indie artist, and how an ad in the Las Vegas Weekly led to co-founding one of the biggest bands on the planet. Here's more from Dave now. Welcome to the Black Box Music Podcast. We're sitting down today with acclaimed guitarist and songwriter, most notable as the fa- one of the founding members of The Killers, Dave Kooning. Dave, here's a couple things that we've uh, researched about you before we had you in here to sit down and talk to you. Uh-oh. No, you were raised in Pella, Iowa. You first picked up a guitar at age 14. And eventually, after saving 40 bucks, you purchased your first guitar from a classmate. Then you were hooked. You started playing in the Pella High School jazz band, studied the likes of ACDC and the Metallica Black Album. And after high school, you took a stab as a music major at the University of Iowa. When college didn't scratch the musical itch you were looking for, you packed up, bought a bus ticket, headed to the fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. It was there where you posted an ad in the Las Vegas Weekly, got a response from a Mr. Brandon Flowers, who shared similar musical influences and started writing songs together. One of the first songs you guys recorded stemmed from a riff you recorded in your closet. Brandon put words to it. That song, Mr. Brightside, has garnered nearly a billion plays on Spotify alone and has been on the Billboard charts for 15 years. After years of touring and millions of killers records sold, you dove into your first solo record under your namesake Kooning with Prismism, you toured the U.S. and the U.K. most of 2019, supporting the album with their single releases, Restless Legs and Both Accidents, to name a few. One of my great buddies for the last 15 years, and yet arch rival in the Eastern Division of our Fantasy Football League. Welcome to the show, Dave Kooning. Hey, thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that intro was about 95% true. Okay. I, I mean, it was more, okay. more or less true. There's no really... You know, Just, details that need ironing out. I, I, I took a bus out there. I was kind of out in, in the West Coast exploring, and I took a bus, saw Vegas, but then I went back to Iowa and got my stuff. It was, ah. I mean, I was kind of floating around on a travel thing, and then uh, yeah, I was like, wow, Vegas is so much cheaper than than L.A. It was, oh, a little in, it was a little intimidating to move to L.A. from mm-hmm. Iowa, even though that's like what you think. You got to go to L.A., mm-hmm. New York or something. So it was a little intimidating, man, the rent and everything. So I was like, well, Vegas doesn't seem too bad. And it's an, it was an intriguing town, especially if you're from Iowa. And you, so I, I made that work. Mm-hmm. That kind of was a smart decision because it all fell into place <laughs> if everything was seemed uh, to work out Brandon flowers was and I, and I met him and we had plenty of time to work on music you might not have as much time if you lived in la or new york because you Make have five jobs. jobs yeah yeah <laughs> we, we had more time to work on music because of that so, so what is a disgusting bus ride like from from iowa to to las vegas though well, like what did is, you that well, it. it's kind of in reverse, but this is exactly how I ended up there because mm-hmm. I, I said, I guess I was exploring the West Coast kind of by train, bus, just never been to California in my life. And, and I was 22, I think at the time, 23. And um, I, I had come to terms with that. I got to I got to get back home. I got to go back to Iowa to get, you know, I have a job in like a week and I got to I can't float out here on my credit card forever so i got in a bus which was it's like well this is a cheap way to go from la to iowa that was the plan and i only got as far as vegas when i was like no this Uh is that the bus was (laughs) so bad and it took like 12 (laughs) hours to go just what usually takes three or four and i was like I can't do this. I I even got stopped by security guards. Like they like they flagged me down and they're like, "Sir, come with us." And I was like, "Okay." And I was like, "What did I do?" And they're like, "Did you uh, were you on this bus?" It's like, "Why did you just get off? What's that about?" Really? Like, yeah. Like they're like, "You just got off the bus," and I was like, "Cause I was miserable, dude." <laughs> <laughs> 
was like, I found a different flight uh, from Vegas back home and it wasn't near as bad. And I decided I would rather do that. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, how much further would have been the, been the bus ride? Been like, taken like four 40 hours. Excruciating days <laughs> because it, I mean, it took 10 or 12 hours just to go from LA to Vegas. It stops like everywhere to pick up one person or a bathroom break or a fuel stop and he can't go that fast and it's really hard to sleep and it's awful that's just brutal that's like my uh, worst nightmare that's how i remember <laughs> i remember i went on like this ski trip thing with like and i i'd never been skiing before i wanted to snowboard and so i knew this and i was it wasn't even my church i don't even go to church and like there was this church group going and i said i'm gonna get on that bus and go and it was like 20 <laughs> hours in the bus each way and everybody on the way back from that trip had the flu oh, in this bus so and it was like coughing and i i was i was like stuck and i i walked to the front let my lady it's like it's like 90 degrees back here and everyone's sick can you like <laughs> open a window or turn on the air conditioner and she's like just yelled at me said take off your jacket and i'm like i'm not wearing a jacket but <laughs> Anyways, we all, I got home and got instantly sick. It was a nightmare. So that is I can't disgusting. imagine being in COVID so world and riding right the bus right now. Um, That's probably pro, uh, one of the riskiest ways to travel right now, actually. Oh, I can't imagine. So Dave, like, so you meet with, with, uh, with Brandon, not to spend all this information people can find somewhere else, but like, what were the, what were the couple like key moments and, and decisions that you guys think you made um real early on that that made the difference like clearly getting off the bus was a key decision right i'm not <laughs> down and then but like you know did you guys reach out to some was there some person in particular that made made a difference for you guys early on or was it just how's as that far as key decisions it was us meeting each other and maybe you know maybe it was the bands i chose to put in that ad because our, our our musical interests weren't weren't identical, but we crossed over. You know, I, I liked Smashing Pumpkins and and Radiohead and a bunch of other stuff. Um, but I also liked Oasis and David Bowie, and I think I put Oasis in the ad. I don't remember all the others, but he that caught his eye enough to give me a call. Mm -hmm. And um, it was the decision to meet, and I think we had both played with other people. And so I think we both had the same thought without even saying it. He, he opened the door and I was like, oh, this guy seems all right. Because mm -hmm. you know, I had met a lot of uh, people you, I could just tell instantly wasn't going to work. But then I like went through the motions of playing with them for an hour. I was like, oh, nice yeah. to meet you. Maybe and then like, I was like, ah, it just. But see, that's work. the stuff that's interesting to know about, because. Of course, the story goes, you get off a bus, you meet Brandon, and it becomes the killers and you're successful. But you did jam with some not so great experiences. Yeah. That's uh, like who, like anything like totally where you're like, shit, 10 minutes into it, this sucks. And now we, I got to be here at least an hour with the guy. Oh, we could do a whole show about this. I had this in <laughs> Iowa too. So in Iowa, I met, I felt like I met every possible band opportunity I could. And then when I didn't think anything clicked, I decided I needed to move. So anyway, um, the one story I'll give you is interesting because Brandon and I had both met with the same person, but separately. Mm. So <laughs> I go to this guy's house and he was looking for a bass player and I, and I dabble in bass. Um, everyone needs a bass player. That's the thing. Every ad mm -hmm. needs a bass player or so something. True. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just see what the music's like. If it's good enough, I'll swallow my pride and play bass and have fun with it. Um, it was okay. I mean, it was like, but the guy was so distracted and there was like a lot of people coming in and out and doing drugs and not just, I don't want to scare my parents away but like that i was even thinking about joining the band i just wanted to play music so we're kind of jamming in the living room where people are just sitting around doing random drugs and coming and going and it was like how, how can we ever concentrate um and then he said yeah he had a couple other guys he's like yeah i got this guy brandon he used to play keyboard but he stopped coming <laughs> and then um 
I I didn't call him back. I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, it was all it was. I made the best of it for one day. We tried to do some jammy. It didn't work. And then I remember uh, we Brandon and I, after we were together, we met the guy randomly at a, at a show. And he's like, hey, and he's like, we're like, hey. And I was like, oh, he knows us both. We both played with him <laughs> and said, no, thanks. No. Like you both dated the same girl and you kind of ran into the bar and she's like, no. ah, ah. <laughs> That's too funny. No way that guy's probably sitting around going, I jammed with those guys. I was in the band for a minute. Yeah, no, I think Brandon played with them a few times. Um, Brandon was really active in trying to find band members, so it's no wonder that he eventually called my ad. Um, but there is kind, and there's kind of a small circle of people in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that I put Oasis in there, most of the people at the time were just into punk and metal in the early 2000s and i wasn't interested into that and Mm -hmm. was brandon that's cool yeah that's cool it's interesting because you don't hear of anyone posting an ad in a in a weekly anymore like when i guess that was like when everything went digital around social media time social media killed the las vegas weekly musical ad where dreams would happen I know it's it was it was kind of nice because it was free and I would pick it up and look at the stories and then there'd always be these ads in the back and there's some real interesting ones, you know, like Vegas. Yeah, one I'll never forget. This is kind of funny. A guy wanted to start a Zach Wild tribute band. Yes. Okay. Very specific. (laughs) Nothing against Zach Wild, but very specific. And it said, looking for drummer bass player and guitar player who can sing like zach wild and play guitar like zach wild so he wasn't even the zach wild what was he i don't know second guitarist guitarist and he wanted to find a guy who who would sound like zach well he wasn't even the main guy i was that isn't a zach wild cover band essentially an ozzy osbourne cover band i guess if you're real deep into his solo stuff and you think there's (laughs) enough of people to come see that it's very specific. Very <laughs> specific. What uh That's what funny. do you so like you know kind of contrasting now to later, like what's it like? So you guys didn't have social media wasn't really a thing when you guys started, and now now it's everything, right? Now so it's you're doing everything. your solo stuff. How how's that feel? How's that how do you what do you think about all that new stuff? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had to learn it, right? Yeah. For, so for my solo thing, I, I played the game and I don't mind like Instagram is I can handle it. I can take pictures and I can post occasionally. And then um, I felt I did some things like I advertisement stuff on Facebook for my solo thing that I, I felt a little uncomfortable, but like people had to hear about me because if you don't get out there, then no one's going to hear about you and let's mm-hmm. suffer word of mouth, which is moves a lot slower. Yeah. So I didn't love it. It didn't feel natural, but I did a little bit of it. And then TikTok came along and that's where like, that's where I draw the line. I'm like, <laughs> sure? well, at least I'm not, I, I maybe I'm, hopefully my music will be on that someday, but I'm not going to do any dances or anything on that. <laughs> no, <laughs> or I, I don't, you know, uh, it's not my world. Yeah, it's a it, it's hard it's hard to get into that stuff, especially like, you know, it just seems like such a generational thing. But you know, it is it's you can say things. I know you. We talked before the call. You were you made a post a political post recently. Yeah. And uh, how did that go? And what were you thinking around that? Well. You know, I debated on just saying go vote, but I had this uh, sticker of dump Trump, which surprisingly, I thought that phrase would, I'd hear it more by now. Dump. I, yeah, you know, you think you would. I know. I thought everyone would be saying it, but. I've um, seen a couple, but yeah, it's not yeah. as big. I always thought like this Trump picture in a diaper would be a great <laughs> product. <laughs> a dump Trump. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, yeah. Dump. Just like, and, you know, babies pooping on Trump. Anyways, good guy. <laughs> Dump on Trump. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how'd it go? You, you say you got some, you got some, some well, feedback? Well, I, did, I didn't even want to go into the comment world. Um, I mean, I got a lot of likes, but I knew that, I knew that 
some supporters wouldn't like it. It's I'm always surprised at the the friends I have that are Republicans. So I try to not be. I don't want to like rip on them too much because I got a lot of close friends back in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand it, but it's I. There's only I guess I will say in fairness, there's only two choices, at least for president. There's really only two choices, Republican or Democrat. Other stuff, other parties can occasionally get in, but really there's only two. Yeah, Um, that's the problem, I think, right? Yes. There needs to be more choice. Yeah, well, I think that, like, look, if you think about how divided everything is, right, it's so easy to split it in half, right? You're either here or you're there. It's very difficult when you have, like, well, you're here, you're there, or you're over there, then it stops, it stops being North versus South, right? Like, so it's that this idea of like, you're either positive or negative or whatever your thing is, it's so much easier to divide that way. I really think that like our politics, the reason why it's stagnating in these years and it hasn't been able to evolve is because we're just only a two, we only allow really a two party system, Mm -hmm. you know? I think that's such an issue. I've always yeah. wished for the bipartisan. I actually even own a web domain called the Republicrat.net. Hmm. Just got it years ago, like 10 years ago, because I was like, this could be something one day. If you take well, some of the best, you know, Republican side thinking and meld it with the best Democrat, you know, because that's part of the problem is everything is, oh, I can't think that way because this way thinks that and I'm on this side. Like, got to be a little more open-minded, you know? Mix the good ideas and come to what's best for everyone. And for me, that's a Republicrat. There needs to be way more of that. Um, and, and unfortunately, in the system we got now, it's worse than what you said because people go online and they, there's like a way they're tricking people. Like, they're pushing them in a certain direction. Like, people think they have a choice, but they don't. Like, well, if you support this, this, and this, then you're a Democrat. And if you support this, this, and this, mm-hmm. you're Republican. And by by what's online, you're almost nudged that direction, you know, yeah, instead, yeah, of it, yeah. instead of it being an a la carte menu, which would be nicer. It would be nicer. And, I mean, they've even, like, politicized wearing masks. Like, that is, you, you know, like, if you don't, if you're a non-masker, like, it's like, how is this even political? This is a health issue. It has nothing to do with politics. Like, yeah. I get that our that our president like has a stance on it and his and his cronies, but uh, it has it how they politicize this particular thing is like amazing. How they could do it like I'm wearing two left shoes. That's that's clearly clearly a, a whatever. <laughs> thing. Yeah, no. clearly. No, I don't get I don't get that how it became politicized at all. I mean. He even um, I just saw was watching the news before I started and he made fun of someone at his own rally for wearing a mask like the guy that got COVID and the guy that has enough resource to fix himself. Yeah, he's a douche. He's a douche. Wait, (laughs) said that out loud. Um, (laughs) No, it's it's crazy. I think, uh, you know, I, I wish like more people with voice would say something. You know, because like, I think, I don't know, I, I wasn't around in, in the 60s, but I know that a lot of artists were willing to put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. The Bob you know? Dylans and like people were, were willing to talk about like change and support change and, and do what was right. But now it's like, I think there's this weird fear of, of like, you know. It totally is. Because even like NFL and music, everything is just still rock the vote. There's no like influence, like, you know, stop the war. The people in power are creating the war. Get them out. It, there's no stop the virus and the division. Get this guy out of office. It's all just vote i think the message is kind of underneath but i think the fear like you said is without a doubt the motivation of like silence yeah i think they're hoping people will vote for the guy who's not hateful and Mm -hmm. the most obvious liar ever um (laughs) but i'm stunned and surprised every day at what what happens and I, you know, 
I don't get it. Like, for example, I you just talked about the football thing when they made a very simple statement. They're just like, hey, we can do this together and treat each other well and equal and all that stuff. And they got booed mm-hmm. in the game one. I couldn't believe that. I was like, what part of their little statement did you not like, regardless of party? Yeah, it's like, no, no, we, we don't want you. We don't want to feel good in unity. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah, boo equality. Boo, we're not together. Like, I, I know. <laughs> Put your so athletes nice. out there. We want to watch them that. break things. Go. You know, it's all. Yeah, there. totally. Go hurt each other. <laughs> yeah. But that was a sad moment. I just couldn't believe it. It's like the, all of them stood together in arm to arm and got booed. I it's going to be an interesting outcome of whatever happens on November 3rd. For sure. I think anything is possible and that's what worries me. I know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too I'm not over optimistic by any means, but you know, I think that uh, you take it two ways. Let's say it does go the wrong direction, like from, you know, my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um maybe that's maybe rock bottom just like you know, addicts at the hit rock bottom eventually. Like you kind of got to deal with that. Like you got to have that moment for people to realize that, Hey, this is, this, this needs to change perhaps, you Mm -hmm. know, but you know, as a country with, 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 it's been this experiment of democracy and like kind of, you know, I don't, I don't like the the to go out there saying that America's the best that ever existed, but it's a pretty interesting experiment. And we're kind of fucking up the opportunity at this point, you know? It's just it's like what what does this country stand for? You know, you guys go around the world, what what's what other people say to you? Like I tell we talked with artists sometimes from other parts of the world. They're like, How did Trump get in office? Yeah. <laughs> Like what? People like, are just dumbfounded. I, I well, there's many reasons we could, like we don't have time to get into <laughs> the whole Russian thing <laughs> elected because that should be obvious to some, but it's not for some bizarre reason. But also the just the influence and damage of Fox News the last twenty years. Ninety um, percent of that channel is nonsense and. Uh, most people know that, but I'm always surprised how many people believe every word. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've, I had to listen to Sean Hannity say uh, Al Gore's a con man because of climate change. I mean, so Hannity is just dirtbag. He's a, he's a dirtbag. Anyone on that news channel, man. It's the, a crazy guy, O'Reilly. He's the one that just kills. Yeah, I, I almost don't want to go down that road because I could talk a long time about it, but. I mean, to say like he was saying, if Biden wins, the suburbs are gone to scare the suburb. They're, they're struggling in the suburbs right even, now. So what does that even mean? I there? don't know what it means. Like, that, like, that, it means the middle class. The middle class disappears if Biden goes away. That's yeah. By the way, the tax law that got changed by Trump wasn't actually affected middle class, not anything else like. I don't know what they're talking about. It's craziness. I don't know what they're talking about. And I want any Republicans listening to remember not that long ago when Obama was president for eight years, it wasn't that bad. You know, the world wasn't in ashes. You yeah. know, you had to keep your guns. Not that much changed. The suburbs were still there. Everything's going to be okay. Well, here, here's That's a concept. A good point. Here's a concept that I, I don't really get either is that I, honestly, I've, I don't care if you're a Republican, like choose a worthy candidate, you know, mm-hmm. choose somebody that that's not going to, this is just on a whole nother level of crazy. Um, yeah. But I don't, I, I've never really cared about one or the other, you know, like what's, I don't know. I, I want to get down that road, but I don't, it's not supposed to be about Republican versus Democrat. It's like, but they've made it like that. So even if you're a Republican, you're kind of having to hold on to this concept whether you, it's even there anymore or not, you know, or Democrat, same thing. Um, so what about fantasy football? Yeah. We've Let's jump into that. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, How to switch gear. I know. I mean, I, I'm coming off a, a weekend where I had a rough loss and I'm, I'm in three leagues, I think. Um, and one of them, 
man, I had it in the bag. It, he only had two players left. <laughs> I'm like, as long as he doesn't go crazy, I got this. His two players were Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Mm. Ah, I lost. Damn. The big game. That was that, big game. You just oh. must have melted, man. Like that's yeah. a historic point. I don't I've never seen a player score 53 points in a game. A receiver. Mm-hmm. A receiver. Never. I saw Vic score 50 points in a game like 10 years ago, and I had him on my team at that time. And he, had he was one on the bench. You know no, what's crazy was, about has no. <laughs> this year been like the most injuries ever? Like there's a massive amount of injuries. Every year. Every year. They all come out of New York, the Jets. It's the Jets stadium. Well, they want to be hurt, don't they? I would if I was a Jet. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I mean, they'd want some excuse. They want something. <laughs> yeah, I had a... Um, Dak Prescott this year, and it was such a heartbreak because he he was killing it like every game, giving me forty points, thirty points, five hundred yards in a game, and then oh, that's incredible. Just just broken ankle, nasty, just a nasty break, nasty, nasty break, season ender. I got, I got the worst news though this morning with Aaron Jones being out again. Didn't you say you had him in the league, Kenning, or was it Dalvin? No, Cunning? I got Jamal Williams in a league, so uh, I'm not starting. I don't wish for bad things for Aaron Jones, but I yeah, I'll probably start Williams. Because you're an Iowa boy, Iowa people. Is Green Bay kind of like I'm a Steelers guy? My family's from Pittsburgh. My first games were in the Three Rivers Stadium, watching Franco Harris and Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, that's how old I am. But sitting there with my dad and uncle, I could never not be a Steelers fan. I loved Big Ben. So I've got a reason to love Pittsburgh. But Des Moines, Iowa doesn't have a team. Is Green, Green Bay or Chicago? Closer to Kansas City, right? They, most of the pack, Packers are probably the most popular team. Mm-hmm. The Bears are a close second, which really annoys people from Chicago. Because they're like, why do you like this small town in Wisconsin? Well, I don't know. Just a lot more fun to root for than the Bears for the last, mm-hmm. basically, since 1985. Um, there's some Vikings fans. And then there's always been Chiefs fans, but there seems to be a little more lately. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I see more hats and bumper stickers. I'm like, ah, there wasn't as many as there was five years ago. But now there's a mm-hmm. ton. Uh, which is fine. You know, I, I like all those teams. And people ask me what my favorite team is i i don't know if i have one it probably is the packers that's kind of the team i've liked for for a long time um i love the chargers and now i'm confused am i'm i supposed so to hate them am i supposed to like not care i don't, I don't know well you know what it is they broke, the broke my heart they broke like, my heart spanos yeah, family gates and rivers i had reason to still love them because yeah you know, you can't hate the guys. They just moved because their ownership. Now there's no rivers, no gates. No. Keenan Allen's kind of the last savior of loyalty for me. I, the thing is, I don't hate any of the players. It's like they just, they're happy to be on a team playing football, right, for a living. And, you know, Justin Herbert got drafted there. He doesn't get to choose that. And he's great. And he, I hope he's, good. he's probably going to be there a long time. Uh, so I just I hate the owner for doing that. I think there was a real opportunity to have a giant stadium here in San Diego if someone would have wanted to build it. But now what's your just tenants of L.A. What's your draft strategy? What do you what do you go in like? What's your what do you have? Well, to I like get? that. I like that question. Right, going right to the okay. Honestly, I try to pick um, people who are safe, just because I don't know. There's I don't always. Um, don't worry about Yahoo's rankings. That would be my tip. Don't worry too much about those. They're wildly off every year, and there's no way you could anyone could, could predict those right anyway. But go with if you got a sure thing that's worth something, you know. And there's very few players who are like productive like every year consistently. Do you consider the team like I consider the team? Like I'm like yeah. I don't want a receiver that's catching balls from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know Fitzpatrick's been good this year, but he's so inconsistent. And now he's gone. And now he's gone. gone. So, but like, okay, I'll pick a Debo Samuel because I like Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, or I'll definitely, I'll take any Steelers receiver as long as they're on the roster. Uh, It's kind of tricky. 
I try to, <clears throat> it'd be good to pick players on teams who score a lot of points, mm-hmm. which used to be the Patriots. Then I don't know what's going on now, but I don't know how, if they'll turn it around or not. So I won't, but uh, it would be like the Patriots, the Atlanta Falcons, Saints every year. Um, a few others that are just full of offense. So you can usually, you know, get something out of one of those players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of do the same thing now, but it's every team's different. And uh, I'll give you an example, like the Bengals, not a great team, but Burrow's a great quarterback and they're going to be playing from behind like all year. Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to rack up a lot of points. You know, not a bad time to pick up AJ no. Green. You're saying. Yeah. He's on our wire. And was he? I thought he got picked up again. Oh, he might have. He Somebody might keeps have. grabbing him. Somebody keeps, you know, Just it's grabbing like this... him, getting let down, and then dropping him. Yeah. <laughs> this year, I've had to pick up so many random people. Mm-hmm. Like, because I had Amari Cooper and CD Lamb, who were both killing it with Dak Prescott. And then when Dak Prescott's gone, and then Andy Dalton came in and just farted very loudly on the on the um, field. It wasn't his fault he got hit, though. That was an ugly hit, and his teammates did not come to his defense, which, which you know, they're getting a lot of flack for, and I don't I don't blame him. You got to defend the quarterback. Oh, what 100%. do you mean didn't come to his defense? Like, he got nailed in the head by a player, and all I the remember that. players just, like, walked back to the huddle while he lies on the ground and in uh, – Oh, sucks. I would usually start a fight, and it should have probably, but um, – yeah, if it would have been Dak, they would have been been hitting people. Yeah, for sure. yeah right. I don't, I don't know what the deal is, and it, you know, you bring up Ceedee Lamb. I have him in another league, and I, I'm close to dropping him because I'm. But I guess I don't know what this new quarterback will be like. Because so. he might like CD. Like for me, he might like CD Lamb better than Amari Cooper. I've got both, so I gotta wait and see. I can't get rid of him, but I'm like. Um, my my running back, I have Eckler. Eckler's hurt. Don't know if he's coming back this year. My my team just keeps getting like punched and punched. But that's what I felt last Sunday night. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's no. what keeps you coming back, though. It's that thrill, of course. Yeah, I, I, I like I like to do it just to see what happens, just to see if I predicted right. Sometimes if I lose, I'm happy. At least if I like picked the right players versus. Mm-hmm. I can take except I gotta just squeeze by this week because DJ Moore shit the bed last night. That was just terrible for me. I don't know what the hell happened to him. But this morning, Aaron Jones ruled out. I had to move Melvin Gordon into my second running back position. Not bad, probably a top 20 er But then I picked up Scotty Miller for, just solely because of the chance of Chris Godwin's out and uh Tom Brady can throw a ball. Yeah, I, I had him early in the year, and I gave him one game. I thought he was going to be huge, but, you know, I dropped him. Just because you have those guys who pick up early in the year because they have one good game. Then you drop mm-hmm. them, and then and then you regret dropping them later. Yeah, no, it happens all the time. Yeah. Are you uh, – how's how do you think about waiver wire? Like, are you pretty on it? Or do you just try to stick with your players, and if you need somebody, you grab somebody? But uh, Kind of in the middle. I, I'm I'm on it. Um, especially if I need somebody, mm-hmm. um, I'm in, I'm in this other league for, that's interesting. Cause I'm pretty on the, I, I, I pay attention to if there's a good guy out there that's available. Like, you know, mm-hmm. every week there's somebody that gets hurt and then they're popular. And I'm in a league that like half the league doesn't pay much attention. Mm. So, th- so it's almost like, I don't want that because I like my whole team the way it is, but then there's this good player and I'm like, why didn't anyone pick this guy up? I yeah. just pure uh, mm-hmm. not paying attention. But I can't. Yeah, ours is ours is pretty. This league's ours brutal. Pretty. Yeah, I, I like our league. And you could see strategy. Like there are a couple. Lucky losers is like just uh, he's a full on shopper. He's totally the he's on the wire picking up, dropping people all day long. I do pick a defense weekly. That's one of my secrets. I just who however they're ranked because I like to keep my bench filled with like my strategy this year is I just really banked last year. The decider for me and losing games was tight ends. Like they killed me. So once I got Waller, I knew that I, re- I really liked Hawkinson last year. I thought this could be a good year for him. 
And then I picked up Tanya and I even tried to stash Ebron because I just thought it was, they were all threats. I know, but you didn't, you're like, your bench is full of one player. You need, yeah, I, don't, I don't want anyone else to have Hawkinson or Tanya because both those guys can do 20 points in a, as a tight end. Well, that's why I drafted Kelsey early because good he's move. good every week. I, you know, unless he gets hurt, he's good. Kelsey every week. Kittle, Kelsey Kittle Waller. Kittle is crazy. He's yeah. Mm-hmm. Those those two are like, I've got, I've got no, de- I've got no tight end game. But I did pick up Robinson from the Panthers. That was a great pickup, I think, for this year off. The oh yeah, wire. he's Dude's doing like good. Five. But um, yeah, my, I always just try to pick up a good defense. Like I think if you if your defense can pull you twenty points, oh, you know. Yeah, you're stoked like that. That'll win your game for you. I try to get 10 out of them. I want 10 every week. Money ball. I just want an average of 15 points a player. I have a, a good defense story. It was like five or eh, probably seven or eight years ago. I had the Ravens uh-huh. and my team was terrible, but I was uh, playing some guy who was in like second place and the Ravens got me over 50 points. <laughs> That's insane. It was like, I don't know if Joe Flacco touched the ball more than once. They just ran interceptions back for touchdowns, fumbles back for touchdowns. That was probably against one of Fitzpatrick's weeks. It's got to be the record for. <laughs> that's so insane. Defense, but they got me over 50. God, that's insane. Yeah, a good D can break it or break it. It all really just depends on who shows up. Who yeah, shows def- up that week? defenses are. Have you ever like played some your play your opponent and you're like why would you play this defense they're playing a really good team this week that's dumb and mm-hmm. then they get like some pick sixes and, and yeah. your team gets scored on that happens all the time yeah so I know. there's kind of the uh the strategy versus like pick one up every week or just pick a good one and leave it there all year no matter what that's what there i do there are a few defenses you can do that with Indianapolis. i got steelers and i just leave mm-hmm. them in Steelers are always money every year. I mean, I think you get a good kicker, good a good defense, and you leave them in every week except for their bye week, and you're then you can just focus on the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm hoping that the rest of the season works out for Antonio Brown because I had to pick him up when I heard when I heard he was talking. I just went and grabbed him, dude. I almost picked him before you. Did you? <laughs> oh yeah, the day I think the day before I saw the. The note that people were shopping. Um, did you feel any guilt picking him? <laughs> like, it's accused of and because he's a DB. Um, you know, he, he's stats on a page for me right now at this point, know. you know. But and plus, like for me, my wide receiver game, I've got like Crowder, who's almost always hurt. I've got Julio Jones, who's almost always got hurt. Like I'm, I'm week to week. I don't know who's gonna actually show up. You know, I need a, I need a solid receiver. It's such a hard feeling. It'll be real interesting to see how that team is in a few weeks if they have if they get Godwin back and Evans and Brown. Didn't Godwin break his finger though? Yeah. I guess he yeah, can still people play. With broken fingers, yeah. they come back a few weeks later and just have. Yeah. Enough sling or whatever splint on it splint. just like the touch though like you need that you know you need to need to know where the ball is and but i get I it with no godwin it's gonna be double coverage on mike evans all day long leaving a little guy named scotty miller open for a boom game but it could also be that guy johnson i like the guy johnson i thought about picking him up but i think it's a scotty miller day feels like scotty miller in new york this week for sure i think i just think brady i think he wants to prove he's got something to prove Mm -hmm. and he knows he doesn't have time to do it besides maybe this year or next and that's it he wants this game against new york he talked gronkowski come back from retirement he brought antonio brown in he's building his team up for sure He's like got he's, something to prove because he was sick of all the people saying, Bill Belichick, God, can that guy coach a team? He's like, God damn it, it's me. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, there's there may be some truth to that. Yeah. 
So I see Drum some uh, symbols in the background. Uh, give us a scoop on uh, any new music. You've been doing yeah, any new music I, during COVID? Well, right now I'm working on stuff for the Killers' next album. Because, you know, the nice. well, I've been on every Killers album um, except this brand new one. Okay. I'm not on that one. But because of COVID, they went right, turn around and work on another one. And I've been kind of got a fresh start and nice on that one so mm-hmm. i'm working on music for that and i'm almost done with my other solo record which i it's going to be called cooning or dave cooning or some other band and that's my biggest dilemma right now i'm like i'm tempted to call it something else just because it's more fun but let me ask you a question so you know i heard i've heard all your solo stuff so far um how, how do you think that that did you were you doing solo stuff um before or during the killers or just after um no you're well, probably actually, always we, writing right we can briefly go back to the, the story of the band how we got it started and, and decisions you mentioned yeah mm-hmm. so i met i met brandon and he actually wasn't singing and he wasn't singing with that other people either he was just playing keyboards so we met and we're like, who will sing? And we're like, well, look, we can just both sing. And he was kind of singing his idea. And I tried to sing a, a little bit, but I was a little shyer. And he had a good voice. There's no secret, you know. <laughs> but like, so I think the second or second or third day we met, I was like, you just be the singer. You, you just be the singer, which I think was probably a relief. Visions. A relief for both of us. Maybe I don't know if he wanted to be. Maybe he wanted to be singer, but it was kind of obvious he had a great voice. I, but at that time I was willing to try because I just wanted to get something going. And sometimes you got to do it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what this was. Um, I never actually, I was totally fine just being the guitar player. Um, I'm still pretty shy singing, but it was the only way I could control ideas. I had that if I wanted them finished, like no matter what, mm-hmm. like, cause not one, you know, not everything is going to, fit on a killer's record or be good enough or be liked or, or there's just not there's just too many songs to pick from so i have all these leftover songs and i a lot of them i just wanted to finish mm-hmm. and um, that's got to feel good to have an outlet though you know no it, it does I, honestly even if only 10 people heard it it feels so good to finish some of the songs that i just yeah. really like some of my you know my songs i really like i just want to finish them it's it's just a thing and um you know there's always there's always people who like wondered why, like, why'd you put out a solo album? Like I quit to conquer the world with my solo. Like I would quit the killers to have my thing be half as big or something. No. And it's just, it's just, it's fulfilling for me An outlet. to yeah. get, get the songs out um, and have fun with it and not worry. So I know I have a luxury actually of not having to worry about how many, how it will do. You know? mm-hmm. Just yeah. do whatever I want. How's that? So now that you, you've had that outlet, do you think that that, because, you know, we've all been in bands and you have an idea and you want it to be done and it's frustrating when the other people don't want to do it. But like, if you're like, ah, fuck it, if you don't want to, I'll go do it over here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's like, that feels good because you know that it's not going to die. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. it'll always have a place. Um, what, what, what What's the new, what's your new record sounding like? compared to your to your first one yeah any different sound or uh some of it is similar because i'm usually all over the place in that regard like i've got i've got some rock stuff i actually tried i remember a lot of comments from the my first album was that they expected it to have more guitar or rock more when i was like okay i'm happy to supply more of that (laughs) more rock but i set out to to do that and i and i accomplished it on a few songs but then i still you know it just kind of can't always control what comes out of you you know mm-hmm. a song i wrote on keyboard or a song i wrote on acoustic or a song that just had just good chords but wasn't it's not you know it's not heavy rock or anything mm-hmm. so, um always would, start with a yeah it's a little yeah. bit of everything <laughs> um but there's some surprising stuff on here you know that I'm excited to show probably for sure sometime next year. Mm-hmm. 
I could so I remember on your last record one time we were talking and you said you had Michael Jackson's drummer play on a couple tunes. Yeah, on on at least one song, "The Night," he played drums on, and you can. So like, how do you how do you like pull that off? Actually, you just got to get a hold of them, and and then pay them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but like when did when you guys were talking and stuff, were you like, I'm kind of going for this, or was he just like, leave it to me? Yeah, he well, he I think we referenced "Rock with You," mm-hmm. and it's, it. It resembles rock with you. And he's like, I can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was so cool to have him play on one of my songs. Yeah. So how's the how's the other record coming along? Is I know the killers kind of go back and forth with you know experimenting different sounds and sometimes you know start out rock electronic and you know going back to rock and you know you you guys get all over the place. Run the gamut. What's this one going? You think? Oh boy, it's it could be too early to say, but it's I mean it's not a wild departure from the re, from the recent stuff, but but like like I said, we're writing stuff as we speak, mm-hmm. and um, the, it's all within our wheelhouse. But we're just striving for good songs, and mm-hmm. we've used a few of, of my ideas, but it's it's. Uh, fairly early to see what will stick it's it's still evolving mm-hmm. yeah. you're still at the throw it at the wall see if yeah. it sticks apart exactly mm-hmm. are you guys getting together for it or are you just sending in ideas how's that working we're doing a little bit of sending ideas if people are up for that you know to send each other but it seems like it's more effective when we do get together to mm-hmm. show the ideas and and work on each other's ideas and um you know i'll be honest sometimes i wish that about my solo thing like because uh-huh. i'm doing 99% of it by myself sometimes it would be nice to like have a bass player try it's that dichotomy I, I went through the same thing i was kind of sick of like having everybody to kind of have to weigh in and get everybody you know on the same page at the same time when you just want to get it done that yeah. drove me to do a so thing fuck it i'll just do it all myself but right. then after like a record of that you're like Fuck, I wish I just had a drummer or someone to like, give me a riff. Give me something to work with. <laughs> exactly. It, it gets a bit lonely because yeah. uh, just someone to say whether it's good or bad goes a long way. And actually, you know, because people always wonder about collaborating with the killers. And sometimes that's worth a lot and doesn't get talked. It never gets talked about. It always gets talked about like who wrote what and who wrote this sometimes it's valuable just to say like i like that idea don't throw it away mm-hmm. and save like a hit song from from ever being born or whatever mm-hmm. totally yeah mm-hmm. no getting somebody to see something that you didn't see super important you need other eyes and ears for sure yeah what's um let's see so you got that and then when's the new record coming out for you do you know i don't know but um I was like hoping it would come out this year, but it's being mixed. And then. So it's done. You're in the mixing phase. It could be done. Or I could just open <laughs> it all back up and start like leaving <laughs> vocals and, you know, because I'm second guessing lyrics. I struggle with lyrics more than anything. Mm-hmm. I, Everyone does. Because I, um, I don't know if people are going to analyze them to death and go, why'd you say this or why'd you say that? Or mm-hmm. if I'm allowed to just say, cool lines randomly like Kurt Cobain did in some of his music, you know, mm-hmm. and um, forgive me if they actually, were, I didn't, you know, they were meant something, but I didn't get it. But, you know, dull steak test meat is, you know, in one of his lyrics, I don't know what it meant, but it's cool when he sings it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think as when you do, when you've been through it once, then you worry about the questions you're going to be asked. Like, why mm-hmm. did you write I was like, I because it rhymed with the previous line, man. I yeah. just something, okay? I, I don't know what to tell you. Not all my lyrics mean something. Yes. Um, I try to ho- hopefully like have a few cool lines, and then it starts to become homework. If you know, after like a few months, you're like, man, I just got to put something in there and see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, did you see the new David Bowie uh, film? They're doing like a biopic. Yes, you sent me the link. It's like see the trailer for it. Rocket Man and a Star is Born. 
it's it's new just google uh, it after yeah, but if you like google it early yeah. david bowie and he's like trying to figure trying to find himself you know it's before ziggy stardust nice. and like you know him i don't know it's it's pretty interesting the whole story but but yeah i don't know i think people search for meaning in songs that they hear from other people is like a guide and it's like oh a, these are just mm-hmm. words that happen to you no, I know. It doesn't always have to be that way. Another great documentary that, that, believe it or not, influenced me a little bit. There's a great Frank Sinatra one on Netflix. It came out about a month ago or so. Huh. It's awesome. Really? It, it goes it's through got, all of his timeline? I think it's a two-parter. But oh, yeah, I saw it, that. It goes through the whole timeline. It, it, it talks about a lot of misconceptions and all of those old mafia connections, which is way overblown. Mm-hmm. And but it talks about all that, and um, he talks about the early days of singing and the early days of vocal lessons, and and even you'll have more respect for him because like just he struggled and he worked hard, yeah. He sang for whoever was willing in the early days. He moved to New York with nothing, um, no place to stay, nothing. Just met some musicians and started singing and slept wherever he could. And, and he's from Hoboken, right? Like New yeah. Jersey, yeah. No, that was a great that was a great documentary. I saw it too. I think I might have oh, saw it too if it was like if it used it came to out on like HBO, HBO initially or something. Yeah, I saw that one. That was really good. Um, that's the misconception is people don't realize like, dude, people worked freaking hard. You know, nowadays you hear, oh, Little Nas X bought a drum sample and put his own song on TikTok, and he's a rock star, dude. No, it's that just it doesn't happen. You you work, you take risks, you take a bus to freaking Las Vegas or go back to Las Vegas, you know, and you move to New York with nothing in your pocket. Like that's the reality of it. I I think it toughened him up just a little bit too, because you know there's always that little bit of toughness in Frank. But in the, he was singing through like a megaphone in the early day or one of those cones. Mm-hmm. That just was and just singing, and people were trying to throw coins in it as he's singing. His mouth. And he's like blocking them <laughs> and singing at the same time. That's that's tough, man. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is rough. So, Dave, you probably get asked all the time by musicians, "How do you make it? What's your secret? You know, like what did you have to do? What's what's the one thing that you've told musicians that you think?" is good advice that anybody should know. Well, yeah, I could give a few things, although I get asked that question and it gets harder to answer every year because it's like so hard and there's so many people making music that you're just a giant sea of choices. Mm-hmm. That that's the, that's the most challenging thing. So it may be unfair to say, but try hard to be original, mm-hmm. you know, um, because or just figure out a way to stand out. So you're either going to stand out by being having better songs than everybody or being a better guitar or drummer than everybody or or having some kind of uh, music that's maybe no one's ever done before. And every, almost every kind of music has been done before. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I don't it's like I said, it's not getting any easier, but um, and just never stop working at it, I guess, mm-hmm. if, if you really want to make it. I guess that's the advice to be Crazy said. Life. That's it. It goes a long way. Well, give us um, give us a call for our listeners. Give us a good like first example of the cooning stuff from Prismism. What would you want to play out for everyone to hear for the first first time? First impression. Okay, if they haven't heard the other stuff, um, I'd love for them to hear this song called "If You Say So." Mm-hmm. It is a, one of my rock ones that I'm happy with, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to write more stuff like that. But nice. uh, kind of screaming guitar intro, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's got a solo. You know, I I didn't have that many guitar solos on the album. Actually, something I just assumed I would have a ton of on my <laughs> first solo album, like uh-huh. I can say, but it didn't it seem like I didn't want to force it in places, so there's little solos here and there and i realize that that's totally like a dated thing but but 
but also not dated. You know, you just got to be yourself. You see, you see Jack White doing it and other people doing it. And I'm going to continue to do it as well. Excellent. Oh, and so where, uh, where can everybody find your solo stuff? Where's the best place to find you? Uh, you know, Apple, Amazon, Spotify. I'm sure there's some CD or vinyl for sale somewhere. Any favorite Instagram. Where can they find you there? Uh, I think I'm either as Cooning or Dave Cooning. But, you know, it's, 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 my last name's hard <laughs> to pronounce. Yeah, well, my last name's hard to pronounce, hard to spell. That's one reason why I'm, I was thinking about changing it. But, uh, you know, it's K-E-U-N-I-N-G is what the band name is. Or you could just respell it phonetically, K-O-O-N-I-N-G. <laughs> I considered that. I considered everything. No, don't do that. Yeah. Well, Dave, this has been awesome. I'm so glad I got to finally like see you and talk to you, even though we've been yeah. talking the last few nights. Yeah. But um, uh, we want to have you back anytime. I want to see you in the finals. Yeah, I'll see you guys. Of this year's fantasy. I think honestly, the three people on this call have a very good shot of getting there. We're all in the top four right now, man. All in the top four. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it Keep going. Keep it going, baby. Okay. Friends for this week, then. Yes, exactly. This week we are friends. Next week shall change. Week ten, I got Brian. First, is that the first game? First game of the season, me and you, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately for me, yeah. high score. I know we're week nine because week ten is my my big bye week, which is good. Damn it. Well, I'll have Jones yeah. and Cook back. That's yeah. all that matters. That's Need okay. my running game. All right, Dave, we're going to play right. out with a little bit of If You Say So. Thanks again for joining us, Dave. And uh, we'll sure. talk again soon, brother. Hope to. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Somebody else will come up with something.
on Twitch is doing their thing. So it's, it's gotta be like, what the fuck? You know, like and but everybody's thinking that too, is the is is, is what's interesting is that we're everybody's like, okay, I guess I gotta go learn this now. And those musicians are are starting to pick up on the fact that to be a musician in today's world, you kind of also got to be a social media person. It's not like you can do one or the 